We're on the road with Mickey, we're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go, we're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hey everyone, I'm Mike, and she's Sophie. And she's Brenda. Hi everyone! And he's Grogu. Grogu wishes he was at Disney right now. Is he at Disney? Unfortunately, he is with me. Okay. Are you at Disney? No. Okay. Well then, moving on. (laughs) We are on the road with Mickey. And this is episode 194 for November 13th, 2023. And today we are taking a look at the most underappreciated land at Disney Based on whatever criteria we want to come up with. Yep. Yes. Pretty much. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Um, some cheddar from the big cheese. And I am going to switch up the notes just a little bit. Because I have something I need to add that I forgot. Oh. Um, oh. Okay so then. I'm going to have Brenda and Sophie go first. And I'm going to fill in the blanks on something. So. Okay. Whichever one of you wants to jump in and tack on, tack it on, tack it on, whatever, go with <laughs> it. Run with it. All know. right. So, are we still doing the stuff that's assigned to our names, or are we going? Yes. Okay, then. Please. Well, in that case, I will go first because I'm very excited about this chatter. This year, the American Adventure Pavilion in Epcot will again have a gingerbread display. This one features the U.S. Capitol, Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, as well as a gingerbread model of the American Adventure Pavilion and Regal Eagle Smokehouse. It will be on display from November 24th through December 30th this year, and I would really like to go see it. I will at least take some pictures when I'm down there. Please do. Also at Epcot, coming to Epcot actually, on December 5th when I'm there, the first showing of the latest nighttime spectacular Luminous, the Symphony of Us, is going to be showing over at the Disney Parks blog. They have a great post talking about some of the incredible music you'll hear and see set to the fireworks, fountains, and lights. There's also a sneak peek into some of the the behind-the-scenes work that they did. So you can check it out at the link provided in the show notes. Okay. All right. And now it's my turn. Breaking yes. news. Breaking news. <laughs> From Muppet Vision 3D. Disney has just finished replacing the seating for the theater where the show was performed. That is Ooh. big news. Because those old seats were in some serious need of TLC. And they said, there's not enough TLC. Let's put all new seats in. And I saw a few pictures and they look really comfortable and make it even better place to take a nap. (laughs) Kind of surprised they did that, but I'm glad they gave it a little love. Yeah, it definitely needs it. Me too. So. That is our cheddar from the big cheese. And now I had to fill in because I forgot to fill in the listener feedback that we got. I only posted like a quick hot minute ago. 
And hot so minute. a hot minute. So I don't have as much listener feedback, but we do get some listener feedback on Main Street USA and what our listeners like the most about Main Street USA. So there's three of them. So I'm going to read the first one. You two read the second and the third one, and we'll just each take one. So All right. So my friend and client Donna said that her all-time favorite thing is seeing the castle at the end of Main Street and off in the distance. It is so magical to her. I totally get it. I totally, totally understand that, Donna. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So that is a good thing to me. That, that really works. Well, our so. buddy Lee Beaton's who we love. He's a super cool guy. He says Main Street vehicles when they run. <laughs> so more in <laughs> Disneyland than in Walt Disney World these days. Well, yep, yes, that's but a good they're one, still really good. They are, yeah. And then last but certainly not least, we have my Aunt Sheila, one of the most famous listeners of our podcast. She mm -hmm. says that her favorite thing about Main Street is the citizens that you find there. I also like the Dapper Dance and all of the different parades and the feeling that you get while walking down the road. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. That irreplaceable, nervous tummy feeling you get when you're walking down the street. Mm -hmm. I don't get that feeling. I get a feeling of just pure happiness and contentment. Oh, no, I get butterflies like I'm just so excited I can't just spring can't out of my body and it. into somebody else's body. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. All well, right. That is our listener feedback. And thank you all for your feedback. And yeah. also... Thank you to everyone that participates in our On the Road with Mickey group on Facebook. Um, the links are all in the show notes, um, or you can just search for On the Road with Mickey and On the Road with Mickey group on Facebook. And feel free to join us because we have a lot of fun and we'd love to talk about all the things that we're talking about um, with regards to the show. So, so please feel free to, to join in and join in the fun. Um, but anyway, that leads us to our feature topic. And so we are taking a broader view. You know, we were nailing mm -hmm. down by lands in the Magic Kingdom, and now we're expanding that view just a little bit. And we are looking at the most underappreciated land at Disney based on, like I said, any criteria you want to come up with. Um, and we're each... We, we kind of went over it a little bit in our after hours time um, from last week, and we each have different sections we want to highlight. Good. So, that's a miracle. It is oh, a miracle. Yeah. So, you know, um, do you want me to go first or do you you're, want you're someone else to go for first. first? I say you go first. Yes, you go first. Okay. Well, in my case, I am looking at Animal Kingdom park okay mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things i've realized about animal kingdom park um the lands are you know you got the oasis you got discovery island you got dino land usa you got asia africa you got the 
world of Pandora, you know, all those different lands. And what I'm kind of learning is that in regards to Animal Kingdom, I don't know that any one land is specifically underappreciated. I think there are sections of lands that are underappreciated. Um, and what I'm going to focus on, I was thinking originally I was going to talk about Dino Land USA, but Disney has announced recently that they're going to be doing a refit on Dino Land USA, and it's going to be a lot more um, related to um, to what is it, Zootopia or Moana or something like that. So they're going to they're going to be working that up some um, and bringing that back some. Um, so I decided not to talk about that, but I do want to talk about Rafiki's Planet Watch, which I always thought of as its own land. But I actually learned earlier that it's not its own land. It's actually part of um, part of Africa. And it's more like an attraction and an, and, and, and that kind of thought than it is an actual land. But the reason it always felt like a land to me is because you have to take the train to get to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Mm-hmm. So in this regard, I feel like it's kind of underappreciated um, because, one, it is um, you have to get there via the train. Um, and so a lot of people don't want to wait for the train or whatever. So they just keep moving on in their day. Um, or two, also, um, there's not as much stuff to do. And, you know, in, in some ways you can make the argument that it was underappreciated by the guests. And that is what caused Disney to close it for a spell. But they have since reopened it. And it is the location now from where you can do the animation academy where you can draw a character in the in part of the part of that area so so for me the um Rafiki's planet watch has always been really kind of cool a you get to ride a train and see some of the things that you wouldn't normally see because you can only see them by the train um Mm -hmm. but b they have areas where you can kind of relax and sit down and just kind of take it in you know you can sit and watch the things as they're going around um they have they have animals that you can go petting zoo kind of thing um they also have a lot of information on some of the animals that they treat and some of the stuff that happens at animal kingdom actually sometimes they work on them right there in rafiki's planet watch Mm -hmm. um which is kind of cool because then you can see how they're caring for the for the creatures that are there, which is yeah. neat. That's neat really to me. cool. So yes. it's it is, it is kind of it's got a lot of different aspects to it. And um and I think part of the reason it might be underappreciated, at least in my mind, is because there's only one way to get there. And that's you have to wait and you have to get on the train and ride the train there. There's no other way to get there. So and as you have a wait coming back. And you have to wait to come back too. Um, yes. As a as a land goes, Africa is by no means underappreciated because you got Kilimanjaro safaris and what else is Cali River Rapids there or is that in no, Asia? No, Cali is in Asia. 
Lion okay. King show, though, is there. Lion King show is in Africa. Tusker House is there, which uh-huh. is a really so good character is, dining experience. There's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. But Rafiki is kind of off in the distance by itself and and just kind of forgotten. I th- it, to me, it feels like it. So, yeah. So good, that's, Mike. That's kind of what I was thinking about as far as underappreciated lands go. So, awesome. I'm done. I'm going to sit here and look pretty now. <laughs> I think that's an awesome choice. Well, thank you. So, well, unlike who's going next. Oh, me, because I'm on the list next. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a list follower. Hello. Um, you know, I think Mike's selection for um, a land that's underappreciated by Disney guests is really good, a good one. Um, the choice that I made is an underappreciated land that I feel is underappreciated by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is animators courtyard animation courtyard in Disney's Hollywood studios, because it's gone from being one of my favorite areas to hang out in like for years to like no man's land. And so I went back and I, tried to well first I tried to remember on my own what all was there and how it changed and everything I couldn't so I went back and looked at old park maps but in 2013 there was the voyage of the little mermaid the little mermaid shop the magic of disney animation which is where you drew the characters and you also got to listen to an animator talk about animation and see the mushu whole show and then the disney junior live on stage and there it was it was a really it was just a cool area. I just liked it a lot. I mean, I loved it. It was one of my favorite places. Then in 2015, what was on the map was Voyage of the Little Mermaid, Star Wars Launch, Launch Bay, and Disney Junior Live on Stage. That's it. Yeah. 2016 was Walt Disney's One Man's Dream, which actually on the previous maps was on Mickey Avenue. But I guess when they decided to, to make it, it have less offerings, they squeezed it over back into animation courtyard so in 2016 it was walt disney's one man's dream voyage of the little mermaid star wars launch bay and disney junior live on stage 2017 was walt disney presents star wars launch bay disney junior play and dance that's it three things and now the map now is walt disney presents and disney junior play and dance that's it it's just a it's a ghost town. The the shop for obviously Little Mermaid closed. The shop for Little Mermaid closed. Then there was another shop they had there. Now it's closed. The studio shop that used to be all the art stuff is closed, long closed. And it's like they need to like get busy and build that area up. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're just letting it die. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's funny how you talk about the different iterations, Brenda. Because I think one of the biggest things Hollywood Studios has going against it, and and this is just me thinking right now, but it feels like navigating around Hollywood Studios feels so convoluted that, I mean, we loved One Man's Dream, Mm -hmm. and I had no idea it was in a different section than it is in 2016 and it is now, and and yada, yada, yada. So it just felt like, it just felt like navigating Hollywood Studios has always been such a challenge. 
It has. And I love maps, and it's still hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even get people asking me about, you know, Star Wars Land. Well, Star Wars Land, okay, so Star Wars Land is back there, but Star Tours is up here. I'm like, yes, because I couldn't move it. It's like, Let me actually slow. help the the listeners visualize this because I have it pulled up right here. Oh, great. Yep. As you can see, it is all over the place. Yes. It's a hot mess. So you have the entrance right here where it says entrance. Then you go up into the center, center stage. And then it's kind of set up like Animal Kingdom, but in a way that is way worse because Animal Kingdom is specifically set up to be like a wheel. And the entrance is the start. You go to Discovery Island, which is like the axle. And then there are bridges, which will take you to all the rest of the lands. And you can easily go around the wheel. That's how Animal Kingdom is. And it works so well. Hollywood Studios is not like that. Because you see, you have center stage. Then you go back the way you came and turn onto Sunset Boulevard. Then you go all the way back up to center stage. There's Animation Courtyard. Go back to center stage. There's Toy Story Land. And Toy Story Land is thankfully connected to Galaxy's Edge because otherwise you would have to go back to center stage again, go to this side of the park, and then go to Galaxy's Edge. So it's like, it is a mess and of course you have this giant patch of green forest right here in the middle that is not being used for anything i'm sure naturally it has a purpose but it is also just no man's land there yeah and you can get to toy story land from animators courtyard but animation courtyard but i don't want it used for that you know i want i want it to be you what know. it was like its yeah. own great area Yes. And I know they spent a lot of money doing Toy Story Land. I know they spent a lot of money doing Star Wars Land. God knows. But give it a little love over there, Disney, please. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. just so much there that is wasted space, honestly. I know. So is and there I anything? Really loved the, um, I really loved the animation, the whole thing with Mushu. I mean, I loved that whole thing where you got to see the animator and then you got to go in there and draw. I mean. Absolutely. I loved it, too. We miss it. Yeah. But even if At they didn't do that, they could Disneyland. do something. They could do, uh, you know. Thing of it is, is they should absolutely bring that back, though. Yeah. I wish they could do some version of Animator's Palace from the ships. Mm. Bring a version of that in for a dining experience where you draw, because you draw the characters at your table. And then oh. they bring them to life on the screen around. And I don't know how they could do that, but they have the whole space for Voyage of the Little Mermaid. What are they going to do with it? Well, Voyage of the Little Mermaid is currently being used to um, show, like, it's currently a part of One Man's Dream right now, actually. It's being used to show different theatrical things. Like, when I was there last, it was being used to show the preview for Lightyear, which is a gross misuse of it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time... It's currently still in use, so I don't know exactly what they would do to change it. I don't know, but they need to think of something. <laughs> yeah, and the the use they put it to was not a full on. It wasn't yeah, a full it was on like, show. It was like 
fill in for like special promo stuff. Yeah. I think an animator's palette dining experience would be awesome. I think so too. I'm just saying. They're not yeah. going to listen to me, but I'm and saying. You know what? And you know what? I actually think there is a place here that actually might work better for it. That being what was originally known as Pixar Place. I know I'm certain that one of the buildings there is currently being used to still house Toy Story Mania, but we just don't realize that. Yeah, because they put looks, the entrance around the back. It looks mm-hmm. abandoned. It really yeah. does. Well, is there anything else you want to mention before I go on to continue talking about Hollywood Studios? That's it for me. All right, I think that's then. enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be frank, it's not enough because I am also talking about Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios as a whole is the most underappreciated park in Walt Disney World. Not just its lands, but the whole park. I know okay. it has Star Wars and Toy Story Land and Tower of Terror and Rocket Roller Coaster and all that and Mickey's Runaway Railway. It has all that, but the rest of the park is just. So while Aunt Brenda Meh. was. <laughs> it's sad is what it is. Okay. <laughs> so while Aunt Brenda was talking about Animation Courtyard over on one side of the park, I could not choose which land in Hollywood Studios I would be talking about. So I'm going to be talking about the three that are on the other side of the park, literally facing Animation Courtyard. And those three, as shown on the map that I shared with the screen. Share it again. again. There we go. Again, those three will be Echo Lake, Commissary Lane, and Grand Avenue. These okay. three make up, honestly, the biggest, like, full expanse in the park. These three things, they are huge amounts of space. And when you ask me, what's in these places? What is in Commissary Lane, Echo Lake, Grand Avenue? I'll be like, honestly, not much. It is truly wasted space, which is a shame because Grand Avenue has Muppet Vision, which we just talked about. It has Pizza Rizzo. It has a whole bunch of stuff. And it also has tons and tons of space still that is just not used for anything. It has the Star Tours, which has been completely abandoned ever since Galaxy's Edge opened up. And it has the Indian Indiana Jones adventure, or at least it did. The, that's a thing. Echo Lake, I only know it for 50s primetime. That's the only thing I know it for. But I know that it used to have the Indiana Jones show. Now it has a Frozen sing-along, which is fine. I love the Frozen sing-along. But next yeah. to 50s primetime is the Hollywood and Vine, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. And yeah. they're getting and they're getting ready to build the Indiana Jones bar. Yeah. I was building a bar. Oh. And then you know what else I'm wondering about too, Sophie? I'm wondering since they finally closed the um Star Wars Hotel. Yeah. Which was so all inclusive. I'm wondering if they'll bring Jedi Academy back where it was there by Star Tours. Because I think kids love that. I think the they Jedi should. Academy. I think I they really should too. I really think they should. And see 
the there's a reason why this area of the park is neglected, I've realized, and it's something by looking at the map. So again, you have the entrance, you go to the center stage, then you're like, oh, my kid wants to ride Slinky Dog Dash or something. So you go towards Animation Courtyard, you use it as a walkway, which is absolutely awful, and it should not be used as just a walkway. Right. But then boom, you're in Toy Story Land. Mm -hmm. And once you ride Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania and the alien flying saucers, then you're like, oh, let's go see if we can get into Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance. Boom, there's that walkway right there. Mm -hmm. And you're in Star Wars Land. These two lands back here, Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land, they are frankly the busiest and most, what's the word I'm thinking about? Time suckers. Active suck your time lands. Away. They are the most active lands in the park. They are where you will find all the guests. And the problem with that is that they are the only two parks which lands which are connected to each other. So usually if you wanted to get to Star Wars land, you would have to go through Commissary Lane or Echo Lake. You would certainly go through Grand Avenue and that's how you would get there. Right. Especially that if you want to ride only. Star Tours first. Yeah, Start off with so Star that's that how one. you get people to go into those areas of the park. But now, because there's Toy Story Land and there's that connective path there, not a lot of people are going through those lands. Yeah. So it's literally, it doesn't get the foot traffic, which is why they're underappreciated, which is why they are so empty. Yeah. People just yeah. usually go there to go to sci-fi dine-in theater, and once they leave sci-fi, they go back out the same way they came in. Which Even is though there's an Olaf meet-and-greet right there by Frozen, there's a mini meet-and-greet around the other side. Which back, is frankly sad, because when I was eating at sci-fi drive-in drive diner, when I was eating there, it was not the best food, honestly. It depends on what you get. Sci-fi, it depends on what you get. Yeah, and it's, it's the experience, really. We just get a burger and a shake, but you know what? I never, like at home, I never get a shake with a with a burger, ever. I so, know. to me, that's like a Disney treat kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, it depends on, you know. Yeah. But I know. no, it's not the greatest. It's burgers and shakes and 50 stuff, like, for a drive-in. Yeah, which is fun, but for a reservation... Yeah. And I would at least hope that they would play some sort of actual movie, like a Disney movie from the 50s. That would be great in there, but no. All they got the doing... giant woman, 50-foot woman or something in the But that's the that's the, things. the draw for it, though, is yeah. the B-movies. Well, but and anyway, people want to sit in the cars. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and as far as um, Hollywood Studios, the, the thing that you guys are really pointing out that is that is really worth mentioning i feel like is that hollywood studios really is a tale of two different parks you've got galaxy's edge and toy story land and then there's the rest of the park yeah. and so on a day when everyone is in galaxy's edge and in toy story land there is a lot of stuff that you can still do in the rest of the park that will cut down on some of the wait lines. Um, but the only Absolutely. exception to that for me, the exceptions for me are Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and Mickey and Minnie. 
Absolutely. Um, because those those are, those, awesome. those are awesome and they carry their own draw, you know. Yeah, they but, do. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that and you're right. Um, you know, one of the things that the map shows us is like we were talking about how disjointed it is to navigate. I mean, it, it's it boggles my mind that when you go to watch Fantasmic at the end of the night and you see Fantasmic, then you have to go all the way back up and then all the way back down to leave the park. Yeah. You would think there would be an Some exit. Back. Like, yeah. everybody, get out from here right to the parking lot because you're 10 feet from the parking lot. Yeah, you know, it feels and that's like the thing. It. You're walking like three miles to get back there to where Fantasmic is. You got to walk three miles back. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so, like, doesn't it? It just feels like they should put a walkway for exit at the end of the night yeah. right here to exit to the parking lot. And they, that yeah, would they be just a need game to add more turnstiles or whatever back that there. That would so be they a game staff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, you're right. There's, there's, yeah, it's just there's a lot of different things that are kind of, it's kind of like they just pieced it together. And, you know, we yeah. love, we love the things in all the different parks. So we're not, we're not coming into this saying um, that Hollywood Studios is just horrible. We're just oh, trying no, to showcase not. how it can be improved even better. Yeah, well, they the have the Disney, uh, the Disney Junior character meet and greet things. They do those in Animators Courtyard, but it's not on the map. It's not on, like, it's not like a permanent. It's like right. they don't give any permanent nod to things. I don't know. It's like it's just forgotten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that that's kind of what we were thinking about, and I'm kind of curious um, as to what everyone else is thinking. What is that area of Disney that is not not given the attention it deserves. You know? Well, I will always appreciate the short lines for a lot of Hollywood studios, so. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're pretty long, though. They can Just be pretty know. long. But at the same time, ever since Galaxy's Edge opened up, it has been like... I'm trying to think it's been like a 35 minute line for tower of terror yeah. which is amazing Good by for my us. standards <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah when it's 13 minutes that's what we really like oh yeah <laughs> 13 all right then explain again the 13 i remember what it means but explain again when it's 13 minutes it's zero line yeah yep and Which it's is a play the on the thirteenth floor. Yeah. I can't All right. That. All right. Well, that I think is our feature topic. So, how did we do, people? You let us know, and um, and tell us in your estimation what is your most underappreciated land at any Disney park. You know, we focused, you know, we focused on Walt Disney World, but um, maybe there's something over in California Adventure that doesn't get the love you think it needs or deserves or is underappreciated, you know? So mm-hmm. let us know. But um, that is our feature topic. So 
coming in. We are now going to this day in Disney history for November 13th. So, Sophie, it's all you, baby. Go for it. All right, then. Well, I figured we were talking about underrated lands or in Aunt Brenda, in my case, an underrated park. So I figured it would be good for me to talk about an underrated movie for my Disney history. I'm taking us all the way back to 1940. And if you can guess which movie I'm talking about then, that would be awesome. And I'm so proud of you. But let's just get into it. Disney's third feature film, Fantasia, premieres at New York's Broadway Theater Foreman formerly known as the colony where Steamboat Willie debuted. The film introduces stereophonic sound to the motion picture via a special sound system dubbed Fantasound, which literally vibrates the theater's seats. Fantasia consists of eight animated segments set to pieces of classical music conducted by Leopold Stokowski, seven of which are performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra. Music critic and composer Deems Taylor acts as the film's master of ceremonies who introduces each segment in live action. In attendance at the gala premiere are socialites Mrs. Henry F. DuPont, Mrs. William Randolph Hearst, and Mrs. William K. Vanderbilt. Although a triumphant premiere, Fantasia will not be appreciated for many years until its re-release in the 1970s makes it a hit. I had no idea, Sophie, that it was the third, only the third feature film. I knew that That Snow White was the first, Pinocchio was the second, and I was pretty sure it was the third, if not Bambi. Not very good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe because I remember it from the re-release, but it feels like there had been so many more before Fantasia, just to me. So cool stuff. Because it was re-released in the seventies. Uh huh. That's probably what you're remembering. Yeah, and then there was Fantasia 2000. Yep. But but yeah, the OG is always the best G, right? That's for sure. Absolutely. Especially if it's a BG. (laughs) (laughs) Well I have A really cool OG character Uh oh Okay Sophie. Now OG character is not a clue Because it's not like we're talking about Mickey Mouse or someone like that Okay But I call him an OG And oh I let slip him Um I Uh call him an OG Because he has been with this other character since the very beginning. Pete. No. No. It's not that kind of OG character at all. Okay. This character is actually a transporter. A transporter. Hmm. This is a secondary character too, by the way. Okay. A transporter who's been with another character since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. 
Third clue. This character is always reliable. Always there. And perhaps the most important part of this clue is that this character is always ready to roll. And the keyword is roll. Uh-huh. It's not Mater. No, but you're on the right franchise. Who was with another character Mac? since the very beginning? Mac. That's right. Is that your final Yay. answer? Yes. Yes, it is very Mac good. from the movie Cars. Yay. <laughs> Always ready to roll. Very good, Sophie. Thank you. Did I make it easy? No. <laughs> very good. There's very little about Mac, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but very yeah, good, Mac is my character this week. All right. So, good job, Sophie. Thank you. All right. Well, Brenda. We're closing it out with you and Walt. So what's Walt got for us today? We've got a little bitty quote from a little bit of Walt. And that is, I suppose my formula might be dream, diversify, and never miss an angle. Walt Disney. Walt Disney. Dream. You have to have a brain like his in order to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a brain like his, unfortunately. That's why he was who he was. Yeah. Yep. But you have an awesome brain, Brenda. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Thank you. All we love right. Walt Disney around here, people. Yeah, yes, we do. we do. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Um, mm-hmm. Next week, my gosh, next week, November 20th is Thanksgiving And we are going to talk about celebrating Thanksgiving at Disney. Okay. So. And then we'll be off celebrating Thanksgiving at Universal Studios instead. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to visit Aunt Sheila, Uncle Randy, and Jagan to celebrate mm-hmm. Jagan's birthday. Fantastic. And she wants to celebrate One. at Universal. She's turning 21. That's going to be amazing. The child is a child no more. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, then. Yeah. Happy birthday. Anyway. Early. So my whole idea behind it is um, you're celebrating Thanksgiving at Disney. What are you eating? Are you eating at a restaurant? Are you getting a big room and cooking in the in the room and watching fireworks at the end of the night watching the cowboys in your room in the middle of the day and then when your whole family's waiting for the very first time they've ever gone to be our guest you're two hours late that's oh gosh okay you're in trouble (laughs) that actually happened so give us that disney's wilderness lodge so so Tell us what you're doing at Disney on Thanksgiving. Okay. Oh, fun. Okay. Okay. Make that, make that kind of plan it out. Plan it all out, you know? All right, then. All right. So, 
So that's where we're at. And that's next week's topic. But until then, we hope you all have a great week. Great week, people. Great, great, great week. Best week ever, in fact. Exactly. Exactly. I'm Mike. She's Sophie. That's Brenda. He's Grogu. You know, one of these days, Grogu is going to run the show. Oh, he already does. But I mean, like, talk as much as I do. (laughs) Not quite. He's still not old enough yet. Okay. But until then, I will keep running this uh, as the host, one of the hosts. But anyway, until then, we all hope you all have a great week and we will see you you on on the road. road. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.